You're listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast. Find it on Spotify, Audioboom, Apple, Acast, basically everywhere. Follow Thoroughly Good on Twitter, at Thoroughly Good, on Facebook, at Thoroughly Good Me, and on Instagram, Thoroughly underscore Good. My name is John Jacob. Podcast 124 features cellist Sheku Kanamason, the London Mozart players and young cellists who participate in Croydon Music and Arts Education Programme. If you really can't spare just over 18 minutes of podcast, then I suppose you could skip what Sheku has to say in the interview. But if you did, I think you might be missing a treat. Here's the thing. I've never heard Sheku Kanamason play live. I had assumed that his record label were guilty of over-marketing him too soon. I worried he had been exploited. But I was genuinely taken aback watching him play live at Fairfield Halls in Croydon. He was into the Vorjak Cello Concerto before he had played a single note. He assumed a relaxed but confident pose on the platform. He smiled, swayed to the music, locking eyes with the leader Ruth Rogers, principal viola and principal cellist. Sheku was in the moment, seconds after he'd acknowledged the applause of the masked audience in front of him. Even me, cynical, sceptical me, ended up transfixed. Sheku performed the Vorjak twice with the London Mozart players. The word on the street is that you'll be able to watch it online from the 19th of June. Check at Thoroughly Good on Twitter for more on that nearer the time. You'll see him perform the same work too as part of the BBC Proms later this year. But the real focus of this podcast is for me the workshop he hosted in between each performance. Attended by the cellists of Croydon Music and Arts, there was an air of excitement to proceedings. Listen out for the participants explaining why Sheku is the big deal that he is, and lean in to the way that they articulate their thoughts and feelings too, the youngest of which is only 11 years younger than Sheku himself. My name is Sheku Kane Mason and I am a cellist. Tell me where we are and what brings you here today. Um, we're at uh, the Fairfield Halls in Croydon um, and I'm playing a concerto, well, two concerts today, um, both of Vorjak's cello concerto with the London Mozart players. working on Song of the Birds, um, arranged by Casals, so that would be cool. Uh, and what will you do with them? I'm not sure, because I haven't heard, heard them... Um, oh, so it's almost like a masterclass then, so they'll play and then you'll go, well, that's not good, or well, maybe it doesn't really work like that. <laughs> no, I think, well, it's love, there's this wonderful arrangement for cello ensemble and solo cello of this um, piece, so we're hopefully going to work on it together, essentially, and so um, it'll be less a masterclass, more just... Um, sharing ideas and, and kind of seeing what might interest them in the in the music what's it like to play with Sheku? is that is that but what's the experience like well we have we did this before about last year but having you know the chance to play with Sheku rather than just being there before 
and just having somebody at that level play with us, give us advice and play as an ensemble is something completely different. I heard you rehearse before with your music teacher, that her over there. I heard you rehearse beforehand uh, and you sounded in one way and then he stepped on stage and you played in a different, an entirely different way. Did you notice that? Did you notice that difference? Yeah, it does feel a lot different when you're playing with someone who's like you've not played with before because they have their own ways of playing and they've got their tips and tricks of what they want to do and how they want to play it. So it's, it's really good to have different people to play with. Why is he such an inspiration? For me, especially because he's black, it's good to see like other ethnic minorities being such a big inspiration, especially as we don't always see that. And it's, and it, it's inspiring because it means that you can see yourself up there, possibly in the future, and nothing can stop you. So that's had a big Im- that does have a big impact on you? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I can say the same. Um, I think at some point I found out he was from like the same country as my dad, and I was like, oh, no way, that's amazing. And then... Even though he well, he rose to fame like a couple of years ago, and as he did, I think my parents pointed out at some point that I'd actually seen him before as I started cello as like a child. And though I didn't know it was him, that memory of seeing another black kid walk with a cello genuinely like stayed with me. So now having that same person, another black person in a role and career that I aspire to have is just, it's really, really inspirational. Who introduced you to the cello? Um, so I started violin, actually, and I didn't like standing up, so I chose the cello. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Pragmatic. Yeah. Um, my first cello teacher, she's sitting over there, okay, and I is... had her up until this year. I actually changed teachers this year, but Miss Bajan is super enthusiastic, super... She's really charismatic, and she just pushed that onto me. She's blushing yeah <laughs> um it's just i i liked playing an instrument but coming to like the cello and be so enthusiastic about it i i owe that to miss budge and more than Shepherd, oh to be you're honest. going to make me cry <laughs> you're going to make me cry did you hear what that lovely cellist said about you i did bless her yeah she started we offer um string projects um in when they're in year three and jasmine started in a group of 30 in a class um where 20 children play violin eight play the cello and so she started in a big group um and just always been one of those students who's been enthusiastic and uh, wonderful to work for and she's started in our junior orchestras and progressed all the way up to youth orchestra she talked eloquently about the impact of seeing Sheikhu. Yeah. Both of them did. So I get the impact that his presence on the cultural scene has for them and for the cultural scene as well. Do you get excited by that? Very much so. Um, and I think that's why he's been such a great inspiration, I'd say. Wouldn't you, Dee, as well? Come in. Are you, you're D. I'm D. Yes. D. OK. Um, we were just talking about the impact that Sheikhu has. Um, I get the impression from seeing you in rehearsals that... You were quite sort of nervous, maybe a little bit anxious about making sure that everything, that the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. Well, I wanted it to be as good as it possibly could yes. be. Yes, yes. Such an honour to have him with us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what, is, what is that experience like for you as teachers, to have him join you? Well, it's, it's fantastic because he brings a level... I mean, he just brings up a higher level than, than, than I feel that I can give to the children. I couldn't, shouldn't call them children really because they're students, aren't they? Young people. But he, he's just an inspiration and his 
abilities, where he expresses himself through the harmony and draws a, a different way of expressing the music to the way that we do. As you say, I'm dotting the I's and crossing the T's. I wasn't making light of your role, <laughs> by the way. I was, to, to be absolutely clear, no, I'm just no, like, no. you're all about the no. detail, and then yeah, he just so, swans in. Yeah, and... yeah, well, maybe that's it. Maybe it's so nice to be able to just not have to worry about that detail and, and just think much more about the, the overall effect of But as music. teachers, did you both feel sort of slightly on edge? It's like best best pour forward we have to make sure that everything's making sure they feel prepared isn't it um, they're playing tune and uh, they, they're reading the accuracy of the music but Shaky just brings that magic doesn't it he's, that's what, why he's so famous um, and so well known he's, he's just magical to play with him about painful chords. I heard him talk about a painful chord. Tell me, tell me about the painful chord. If anyone heard it, you might not think of it as painful. You might just think, say, oh, this is just a G chord or a B chord or a C minor chord or whatever. But he, he, you know how like music expresses your feelings. Um, he kind of got that, but you know, really expressed it to others, whereas others do it more subtly. Tell me, what is it like to play here? It's really, really great hall, I think. I think the acoustic is really... Um, lovely, really, really clear, but also has a, has a warmth as well. I've played here once before, um, maybe a year and a half ago, but um, I've never watched a concert in here, so I can't um, tell you what it sounds like maybe from the audience, but to play, it feels really, really nice and clear and, um, yeah, just generally, it's, it's a very, very nice acoustic. Surprising um, if you see the building from the outside. Um, you don't expect something like this on the inside. No, it, it looks very municipal, doesn't it? It looks like <laughs> all manner of different things could go on here. And I think it's fair to say that all manner of things have gone on here. Um, uh, yes, I do know what you mean. I, I ask because I, I'm interested in how the acoustic supports you in a performance like, like we've just seen. Can you tell me that? I think when an acoustic has... Um, you feel that there's um, clarity, then it feels like all of the detail that you are doing um, and I'm someone I work in a lot of detail and the subtlety and um, the subtlety of shapes and colours and if, if you feel that those are able to come across in a hall then it feels very very free as you're performing and so I think that's why it's um, that's why it's so nice um, to play not just the fact that it sounds nice but it allows you to play in a way um, in a way where you can include all of the subtlety. Is that is that reflected then in so so uh, full transparency? It's the first time that I've seen you play. Uh, I've seen you play on television, but that doesn't really count. I mean, I know it counts because obviously that's very important. But um, it's the first time I've seen you play live. And what I was really touched by was before you'd even played a note, it appeared that you were before anybody had played a note. It appeared that you were completely into the performance zone. Obviously, that shouldn't really come as a surprise because you're a professional. But is that is that something that is uh, common to the Vorjak 
or is it something about the space is it about the people where does that come from for me i mean i love i love this piece and i have always loved it and so it's very easy i don't know it's very easy to get really really immersed in it certainly as soon as it starts and um yeah there's an amazing themes and melodies and, and, and colors in the orchestra and um it's yeah it's just i find it it's just very easy to get into the, to a piece that you love and I, I really love this piece did you see him in the in the concerto did you see him perform what did you what did you think everybody's just nodding really politely <laughs> does that mean that you didn't enjoy it no, no it was like it's, it's really good to see um, cellists play like because a lot of the time it's violins or more like mainstream like not, I know cellists oh, not and violins but they're, they're really the ones that get the tune, so it's nice to see a cellist and then because he plays with so much feeling and like charisma and just you can like the piece actually has a story to it rather than it just being some notes that have been put together by someone he is phenomenally cool on stage <laughs> isn't he because he just seemed before anybody played a note he seemed to me as though he was really into it what what does he inspire in you well it's like play with more expression and like to actually like not just play notes on the page but actually like to put your heart into it so like like add more like feeling into it yeah uh when did you first hear it do you recall when you first heard it you're going to say no i can see it. it's written all over your face no i'm sorry i don't <laughs> i don't remember the i don't remember the exact moment it would be yeah it'd be hard to remember the exact moment but i was probably yeah, I was probably very, very young, and it would have been Jacqueline Dupre's um, recording that was the first one that I, I heard. What, impre- what impression does Dupre have on you? I know what impression she has on me, and actually she lived in Croydon, as I recall, at one point in her life. What impression did she have on you? On me, she um, was like my main inspiration growing up, and so I used to always, always listen to her, and I was always... Um, fascinated and delighted and 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 hooked by how direct um her musical ideas and intentions come across and um you get the sense in the recordings that if you were to hear another performance of it it would be um different in so many ways because it feels that it the music is very much alive and happening in the moment and i of course i never saw her play um live but that's the the, the impression I, I get from her there's a there's an intensity to her a sort of almost a beguiling intensity to her um i wonder whether there's an element of that that is inspiring for you it's yeah it's crazy crazy intense um playing and it always um i don't know i think she loves everything that she does and loves every note and communicates that in such a strong um, in such a strong way and I've yeah I've always been in, inspired by her playing How old are you all? 16? 15? 11. 
why is both of your work so important now? Because we change the lives of young people. And as Kirsty was saying, there are, there are students here who happen to be in a primary school where we go in and teach whole class instruments um, who, if we didn't do that, they would never pick up an instrument and some of those people take it through for the rest of their lives and they gain so many skills, social skills, um, they have so much fun, it gives them so much pleasure, it's so good for their brains, their coordination and everything, it just enriches their lives. How do you maintain that, I agree, I agree with you, I mean I can't, I can't disagree with that, but how do you maintain momentum and energy and dedication when so many people seem to look down on music education I mean it is it is chronically underfunded and undervalued I think the children give us inspiration don't they to keep going and keep the message going um, and the fact that all our music groups offer social um, opportunities I think we we sort of almost don't listen. seem unfazed by the yeah. chronic underfunding of music education. I think that's yeah, and it. I we, think that's a just, good way to I mean, our, our boss is very good, isn't he? Very eloquent at getting funding. And we just, we love it so much. I guess we're passionate about offering these opportunities to children. So we keep going. <laughs> yeah, we, just, we do. We just keep on going through thick and thin. I don't, I don't quite know how we do it sometimes. Yeah, but, but yeah, we get a lot of support. And the kids are incredibly loyal. I mean, the cellists who are here today are the most loyal bunch of students they really are brilliant is there anything else that you'd either of you would like to say that i haven't asked you i mean i realize that none of this is planned so (laughs) you've said it already i I think it was as you said it was really fascinating to hear what the students said about the fact that sheku is black and and we're talking all the time about diversity and integrating as, as many different aspects of different cultures as we possibly can. And we talk about it a lot at sort of management level. And it's actually quite nice to, well, it's not quite nice, it's actually fantastic to hear it coming from the children, oh, I find the students, yeah. because it shows that, the, and they haven't been to SLT meetings and had these boring conversations, <laughs> you know, over and over again. Um, this is from the heart and that's where it uh, makes a difference. They appear, they appear to be tuning up. Yeah. And you appear to be here, which technically means that, that this should come to an end. Uh, really, and there are people with clipboards and everything. Uh, but before you go, am I right in thinking that you are performing this in the proms? Not this. Oh, I mean the Vorsche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not this. Um, <laughs> yes, I am on the sometime in September. Uh, and how how is that for you? Is that is that like a daunting thing, or is that yay? It's the proms. It's a, I think it's really exciting. Um, I love the proms and the fact that they're going to have audiences this year. I think will be very very exciting, and um, I, I think I always think the atmosphere is is very special, and I think it will be particularly special because everyone's just really excited for. There's going to be a lot of crying, I have to tell you, as, as there was during the encore. So, uh, final thing then, the encore that you played here, is that an arrangement of yours? It's not an arrangement, no, it's an arrangement that Sebastian, the lead cellist, oh, okay, um, right. did. Um, and it's, yeah, it's a great, great arrangement. I mean, I have to confess to you that I heard the Vorjak, and said this to Michaela, heard the Vorjak, obviously loved the Vorjak. was the encore that made me go, oh my God, it's really, really emotional. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's so, so beautiful and... and um, 
I just love I love playing something, especially after the Vojak playing something that's just very. Um, it's like a, li- a little a little gem <laughs> that you can kind of um, yeah. take just away. Basically, saying to the audience, everybody calm down. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. all over now. It's a good way to it's a good way to go. Well, I should let you go. Yeah. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Wow, I'm so excited for you all that you got to have that experience. I remember having a similar experience hearing the London Mozart players when I was your age, which is hundreds of years ago, and it's stuck with me ever since. It really is, so I totally get what you mean. I totally get what you mean. Uh, it'll be a friend for life. Uh, thank you very much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You've been listening to the Thoroughly Good Classical Music Podcast. My name is John Jacob. You can find the podcast on Spotify, Audio Boom, Apple, Acast, and other places. Follow Thoroughly Good on Twitter at Thoroughly Good, on Facebook at Thoroughly Good Me, and on Instagram at Thoroughly underscore Good.